Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a big old SummerSlam recap to start this week's episode of Raw. I thought SummerSlam was a good show. People have been mad at me all weekend. There's also been some changes on Monday nights because our new commentary team is Wade Barrett and Michael Cohn. I have no problem with this. They're so damn good together. But can we please all leave Kevin Patrick alone? He's just trying to do his flipping job. Also, hello, my friends. Thank you for joining me as always. My name is Simon from What Culture. That's not true. My name is Simon Miller, but you can call me Simon from What Culture. You can call me Brad Pitt, should you so wish. And what we're going to do right now is we are going to go through the Monday Night War episode that has just followed SummerSlam and decide, well, was it any good or did it absolutely suck? Let's up those doubts. So have a guess who is the big deal on Raw right now. If you are saying Doink the Clown or Repo Man, you're 100% correct. Very sadly, they didn't come out here, but it was Cody Rhodes. I was excited. He once again got a massive reaction and he sold his rivalry with Brock Lesnar massively because he was all like, man, I call it Surviving the Beast, which is absolutely going to be a documentary on Netflix soon. He also showed us a picture of the handshake that they'd done afterwards. And look, I've totally bought into this now. Triple H said in the post-SummerSlam press conference, we didn't plan that, Lesnar just did it. And when you see the look on Cody's face, well, I think it's true. It was then time to start teasing again because Cody told us he chatted to his mother after this. She was like, listen, you goober, you fool, you dummy. That was Brock Lesnar acknowledging you. Look, he didn't just say acknowledging for fun and games. <laughs> He'd taken a shot at Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 40. This victory has given Cody so much confidence as well. He thinks he can be anyone. So out came Seth Rollins, which makes sense. He's someone. As you'd expect too, Seth was all like, well, if this is how you feel, Cody, maybe we should put it to the test, which kind of sounded like he wanted Rhodes to go to the doctor. But before we could get anywhere with this, out came the Judgment Day. So I do like how WWE keeps pretending that Seth and Cody are going to get into it and then somebody else gets involved. And it's very important to note here, we saw Damian Priest, we saw Rhea Ripley, and we saw Dom Dom, but Finn Balor... He was invisible. The Day of Judgment were also really annoyed with these two dinguses because they were like, man, you don't get to decide anything here because not only do we run Raw, but we are going to decide what happens with the World Heavyweight Championship. This is what Damien Priest did with the briefcase because he's a very visual individual. We also put over the fact that Rhea Ripley is a dominant world champion and that Dominic Mysterio is a very dominant North American champion. And we said that the condom isn't done with Cody Rhodes. <laughs> now I've said that as a sentence. 
well, it's the worst thing I've ever said. It did turn out this was all a ruse, though, because Finn Balor then did attack from behind and the Judgment Day pounced on them. But thankfully, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins are smart baby faces. They do have friends. So who came out to make the save? Sami Zayn. Cody was then so wound up, he called for a six-man tag in the main event. So somewhere Teddy Long was smiling. But Seth Rollins was so pissed off about this. You don't talk for me, Mr. American Nightmare. And what would become a theme for the evening, Zayn had to try and calm everything down. So there you go, the opening segment of Raw ticked the usual boxes, but I do like the fact at the moment, there's a number of superstars and we don't know what direction they're headed in. But it's not like it feels boring or it feels misplaced, it feels intriguing. I like being on the intrigue train, it makes me feel intrigued. Once again, <laughs> not going terribly well. Giving it up. Ricochet was then moaning to Adam Pearce, going, did you see my SummerSlam match with Logan Paul? Like, he definitely cheated. When Adam was like, yeah, he did, but you know, the referee's decision is final. I was like, what a stupid rule. Imagine that in any other sport. This is when Matt Riddle, Tommaso Ciampa, and Chad Gable walked in, and Kitty Pearce had summoned them to his office, because he started talking in poetry, going, man, you guys are destined for greatness, which is why later, you, including Ricochet, are gonna have a four-way and whoever wins becomes the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. Oodalally. So there is no way you can get mad at that. And after Chad Gable had done some shushing, we went right into this. And surprise, surprise, it was bloody fantastic. Oh yes, I do understand this argument. Well, Logan Paul should have been in this because he defeated Ricochet, but clearly Logan is not going to be on WWE TV for a while. Also, it feels like Ricky has some momentum right now. And we got to keep that going. We were in Chad Gable's hometown as well, so he got a massive reaction, especially when he went, thank you, the crowd loved that. And at one point, him and Riddle had dual ankle locks on the other two guys. I don't think that's a thing. Eventually, they did start to fight themselves because it is a four-way when Tommaso Ciampa was in there and he smashed their heads together when Ricochet felt a little bit left out so he did a springboard moonsault. Makes me mad how effortless they make wrestling look. Tommaso then DDT'd Chad's head right into the mat and I swear he broke his skull. That was horrible. Well, of course, we did the Tower of Doom spot, but it ended with Chad Gable doing a German suplex onto everybody. That was flabbing great. That's Ver Vonderval. We then need Gable right in the face and hit the bomb of power for a one-two, but Ricochet broke that up. And then when Rick and Chad went for flying nothings, they both got cut off in midair. Riddle still took out Chad after a springboard when we were doing all the moves when Champa gave Matthew a draping DDT, which I suppose was a <laughs> who used to have a friend who did this, but where is he now? When Tommaso then hit Project Champa, he got a two. Ooh. It was then just move, 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 niffle, 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 and it was so much damn fun. When Gable was going to go for the Chaos Theory suplex, when instead Ricochet was here and he hit the recall. I was like, oh my gosh, that's nuts. It really did annoy Chad because he was like, man, I just want to hit my move. So he saw Champa, he hit the Chaos Theory, and if you can believe it, he got the one, two, three. And of course, it's got a great response because again, we were in his hometown. And I like to think the WWE has finally realized, oh my gosh, Chad Gable's really good. And in many ways, as the next Kurt Angle, maybe we should push him. I really do think he should be the guy to beat Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship once the ring general has broken the Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental title record. It's like Nike, man. Just do it. Up. But they continue to put over this whole Brock Lesnar going, oh, Cody, I endorse you. 
And I'm starting to think that it is a work because WWE went so hard with it. When we were in the back, and that's right, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes were falling out and Sami Zayn was like, please, we've got bigger fish to fry. His big point as well was, look, if we can just get on the same page, we can try and take out the Judgment Day, which I would like to do, because do you see Kevin Owens right now? No, you don't. They beat him up. Cody and Seth then acted like they were cool, but Sam was clearly like, you're not cool. You're not cool at all. And this is like dealing with children. Then he stormed off. I felt for him. This is when we got the big video focusing on Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso in tribal combat. All the haters on the internet were absolutely screwed because Roman is going to be on Smackdown. So I hope you enjoyed moaning about the fact he's not going to be there for 48 hours. And look, I know here WWE said, oh my gosh, Jimmy's going to acknowledge the tribal chief. Just wait and see. I think that may be a fake out. I don't think it's going to happen. If it does, promise we'll talk about it. We also then saw The Miz headed to a photo shoot, which is a perfectly normal thing to film in your everyday life, but he wasn't able to do it because LA Knight wasn't finished. Well, I thought he was a Smackdown guy, but don't worry about it because this was going to lead to a promo battle. And spoiler, it's flubbing rule. Before that though, we did get Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bronson Reed. This was just a good hard-hitting wrestling match. Of course, Reed played the monster and he just steamrolled over Nakamura to begin with. So much so, he hit him with so much force Poor Shinsuke fell to the outside. Even when he got going, Bronson just cut him off and hit a power slam and a power bomb for the one-two. And grabbed Nakamura and he gave him his DVD. It's like, Reed's definitely going to lose. He's too much in control. And that was the case as well, because eventually Reed went for the tsunami. Nakamura got out of the way. He hit a concession to the back of the head and then the front of the head, because why do it once when you can do it twice? And he got the three count. At the time, I was like, well, that's a nice little win. But little did I know, because there's more here, people. We'll get to it in about 10 minutes. We then learned that Raquel Rodriguez is still injured and Adam Pearce delivered her the news and she was all like, oh gosh, I can't believe it. But they will do her versus Rhea Ripley when she's cleared. Now look, I'm 99% this is just a storyline injury. They got me a little bit. There's that tiny 1%. It did absolutely kill me though, because do you know who was here to console Raquel? It was Candice DeRay and Indy Hartwell. My finger was going crazy. It's like, well, where the hell have you been? If you had appeared on a milk carton, I would have got it. Either way, they are back, and now they're here for counseling. We then saw Ludwig Kaiser find Maxine Dupree in the back, which is not a sentence I thought I'd say in 2023. And he was all like, oh man, isn't it great your friend Chad Gable is the number one contender, but why do you hang out with that freak known as Otis? That upset me. You don't say such things to Otis. So understandably, Maxine was furious. He also basically was coming on to her here. So Dupree slapped him round the face. And then we did that camera thing when we focus on Ludwig Kaiser. And when we cut back to the wide, Maxine Dupree had magically turned into Otis. I mean, that's a good trick. He, of course, challenged Ludwig to a match later. And I thought about it and I was like, yeah. I would definitely watch that. In fact, I like this so much, and because obviously it ties into the Alpha Academy storyline and Chad Gable going for the Intercontinental title because he's Ari's buddies, I'm going to give it an up. Now, this is a very let's hope what I want to happen is going to happen up. Now look, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. Becky Lynch was here next. This whole lemons thing is out of control. It all started when Becky tweeted out or X'd her mucking around with a bunch of lemons, which of course was a little bit of a ho 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 ho, I'm not on the SummerSlam card, and I really should have been on the SummerSlam card. But now she has to make lemons out of lemonade, other way around, whatever it is, point is she's right. She should have been. Triple H also then made a comment about lemons becoming lemonade in the post-SummerSlam press conference. Later on, when Becky Lynch was at ringside watching a match, she was drinking lemonade and she went, like Triple H used to do. 
so I'm pretty sure that they are friends and they're winding us up. Everybody just calm down. Anyway, the whole point of this is that Becky was like, I am going to take on Trish Stratus next week, and it is a big deal, because it's the best of one generation taking on the best of another generation. That's exactly how you should be promoting this match. Of course, this is when Zoe Stark interrupted, because it is raw, and she was like, oh man, Becky, you may be the man, but you've left your balls at home. I just want to make it very clear from a scientific point of view, if you do have testicles, you can't leave them at home, they are attached to your body. Liz then fired back going, what are you doing, Zoe? You're hanging around with Tristratus, who's clearly using you. When Zoe then said, man, you're just jealous because she didn't want to be your friend and she'd rather be my friend. Like, man, it's like playground behavior. Of all the people, Shayna Baszler then walked out, so she must have gone, hey, audio guy, press play and hit my music. But I was very excited about this because, of course, she defeated Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. I don't think Ronda is coming back, so we now also need to push her to the moon. I mean, the moment is here. Shayna then got in Zoe's face and was all like, oh, man, you think you're the best? Well, I'm going to send you home for good. <laughs> Becky Lynch loved this. She was like, ha, sounds like we should have a match. When Adam Pearce came out and made the match. So I was like, wait a minute, is Lynch booking Raw? Clearly. I did like all of this though, because for the love of everything, as I've already said, let's use this as a platform for Shayna Baszler, especially because she was all like, hey man, I sent Ronda home for good. I mean, that is a big deal, no matter what you think about Ronda Rousey's second run. I'm invested in all three of these characters. She so must have done something right. Up. When we had more fallings out, I mean, WWE is full of these. Because JD McDonough finally remembered he is allowed to talk to Finn Balor. And when Damian Priest walked in and was like, oh, Finn, we need to have a chat, Balor was like, listen, I've known JD for 20 years, so anything you can say to me, you can say to him. This, of course, meant an argument broke out, and I'm probably going to have to start a counter at some point. When somebody said the line, which was kind of like, well, I think the briefcase, the Money in the Bank briefcase, is crowding all of us. I've been thinking about that all morning. Doesn't make any sense. It's two plus two equals potato. Of course, the whole point is that they feel like the money in the bank briefcase is coming between them, which is when Rhea Ripley zoomed in and said, look, I told you and I told you we are not doing this. We are the Judgment Day and we are family. I was like, that's right. You tell them, Mammy. She was able to calm them down when McDonald stuck his oar again because he was like, oh, yeah, I agree. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The briefcase is coming between you. And I was like, damn it, man, get out of here. Finn and JD then left together, which Damien didn't like at all. But thankfully, Rhea was on hand to go, 
breathe, it's going to be okay. Isn't this just the best story? I mean, you could have given Finn Balor the world championship and tease this even more, but even doing it this way, I mean, McDonough could even turn on Finn, which takes Balor out of the group, and then he goes babyface, and maybe even does a proper feud with Damian Priest. Once again, we've taken our time, and now we're getting our flowers. Don't they smell great? That's a weird thing to do. Up. As Becky was already at ringside, she thought she'd do some commentary too, because it was time for Shayna Baszler versus Zoe Stark. This was one of those matches where you're like, why have you done this WWE? Neither should lose. But you know the deal. It was shenanigans. Zoe was in charge to begin with when she made a terrible mistake. She was like, Haha, I'm going to do Baszler's I'll stomp on your arm move. Shane was like, don't do that. Don't steal my arsenal. So she murked her. Starks was still able to reverse the Kira Fuda into a springboard dive. And I was like, well, that was very nice. When, of course, the worst thing ever happened because Becky Lynch moved a little bit and Zoe Stark saw this and she couldn't help it because she is a wrestler. She had to look at her. Now, as we know, this is the curse of all wrestlers. I mean, look. So here we see Zoe Stark, a wrestler in her natural habitat. As her fiercest rival, Becky Lynch, has looked to her, though, her instincts kick in. She forget that she's warring with yet another sports entainee and their gaze will be locked for an eternity. Such is the way with wrestlers. So yes, that's right. Starks was not able to look away and totally forgot she was in a wrestling match, which is when Shane Baszler snuck up and she hit the Piper's Pit of all things, which was Ronda Rousey's move, and she got the three. Distraction. Still, look, this did make Baszler look like her old self, and I really, really hope we capitalize on it, especially because later on, Becky and Shayna ran into each other again, and they basically said, oh, hi, we're going to have a feud at one point in time. And I was like, you bet your ass you are. I need to see that in my life and I want it to be a big deal. I liked all of it. Up. Nakamura was then being interviewed by Byron Saxton. He was like, I'm so sick and tired of people getting in my business. As it turned out, this line was going to carry so much weight. We'll get there. Before we could do anything, though, there was a noise in the background. So the camera went swing and it went to the left. <laughs> yeah. JD McDonough was whooping Sami Zayn's ass. Now, if you have seen a picture of Sami's elbow, I think this may be a very real injury, which is super duper sad because now he's out and Kevin is out. I wish them all the best. There is, of course, more to this too. But you know the deal. I'll talk about it in one sec. Then I was kind of surprised about what we did do next because it was Ludwig Kaiser versus Otis. Now, we did have Otis just run through Ludwig to begin with, which we should do because Otis is massive. But this Kaiser was so obsessed with Maxine Dupree. So he was out the ring. He basically went and George actor. The big man did not like that at all, so he slammed Ludwig and he went for the caterpillar, but this is when that damn Giovanni Vinci was up on the apron. Did the referee care? No, he did not, so Oates was like, fine, I'll do it. And he slammed his ass. This is when the official finally decided, all oh, right, I'll do my job if I had to, but because he wasn't looking, Gunther then teleported in for the Starship Enterprise. He just smacked Otis right in the head. Ludwig Kaiser did the same, and he beat him one, two, three. So my surprise did come in how quick this was. It kind of got more than five minutes. But afterwards, Imperium did jump the man, which meant Chad Gable came to make the save. So look what we're doing here. We are putting the building blocks in place so that Gunther versus Chad for the Intercontinental Championship feels like it has some real merit here. And again, if we do it at payback, and payback is after Gunther has broken the record, then just pull the trigger. Pull the trigger, do it. What are we waiting for? Nothing up. And then Cody and Seth fell out again. 
I mean, honestly. And this was ridiculous too, because they were basically fighting over who should reveal that Sami Zayn isn't going to be in the main event. I was like, what are you two doing? This is your friend. Rhodes eventually stormed off, so Seth was like, well, it's gonna have to be three on two, or basically three on one, because I don't trust that Cody guy. When Shinsuke Nakamura was like, oh, hi, Seth. Maybe I can be the third man. And of course, Seth did want this, just you wait. Because before all of that, we had a promo segment between The Miz and LA Knight. I think it was the highlight of Raw. Now obviously this tied into earlier when The Miz was screwed over during his photo shoot and he said he felt disrespected. So I looked in my promo book and I was like, there it is, wrestling promo number 41, talk about no respect. The Miz then told the very real story about being kicked out of the locker room, which is where he had to learn R-E-S-P-E-C-T, which is something LA Knight has never had to do because he's nothing but a massive goober. He shouldn't have said his name though, because of course it is Raw, so out came LA Knight. He got a massive reaction. I'm just gonna tell you. That's half the fun these days. It's like mob mentality. When everyone starts cheering, you just want to do it too. I want to be involved. And he did try to shake Miz's hand, but of course Miz refused, but this was mega important, because now we're just doing these little punches to tell you, oh hey, Lar is a good guy now. Then he was gloves off too, because the Miz was like, ah, oh, look who it is, LA Knight. I've seen a million of you, and you're basically just me if you strip away the charisma and you strip away my hot wife. And I was like, does that mean if you want to be successful in WWE, you have to marry Maurice? Seems like a very difficult thing to do, given that she's already married. He also called him an Attitude Era fanboy cosplaying in his ring, which is a very good line when it was time for Knight to fire back. Now, he tried to calm this down by saying, let's not make it personal. And the Miz was like, I'm definitely going to make it personal. Because once again, I've main evented WrestleManias. I've been a world champion and people like you still come out and spit in my face. And I'm sick of it. Also, what have you been doing these last 20 years, LA Knight? I'm going to hazard a guess. Absolutely nothing. My word. And I fired back by saying, well, I've been making myself a dangerous man and doing everything I could to get to the top. But also, this is just proof that WWE has been betting on the wrong horses, including you, Miz. Bam. He followed up with the reason that Miz was kicked out of the locker room is because everybody knew he would just take it, but nobody is going to do that to La Knight because nobody messes with him. From here too, his career is just going to rise and rise and rise, whereas the Miz is in the toilet. And I was like, man, what a terrible 180 that is. I went and looked in the bowl, I couldn't see. He's also gonna go through this man to get to the main event. I was like, man, this is so damn good. When The Miz took his jacket off, he threw it in LA Knight's face. He then went for the skull crushing finale, but Knight reversed that into the blunt force trauma. So yes, you're right. When we do have this match, we can call it the battle of the ridiculously named finishing moves. I like it. As The Miz was basically dead, Knight then got his handshake, which I thought was a very nice move. Some people are going, oh, I can't believe we're doing LA Knight versus The Miz. Well, one, this was absolutely tremendous, so I'm in, and LA Knight could win this feud, and then we can do whatever we're going to do with him. I'm just glad that he is coming across in the way that he is. I've got a good feeling about this. When I search my tum-tum, when I search my tootsie toes, I am giving it an up. And if you were gonna watch anything from Raw, Watch this. And then the new day returned. I was so happy. Now we started as an open challenge by the Viking Raiders when all of a sudden, it's a new day. Yes, it is hit. And out came Xavier Woods and out came Kofi Kingston. Honestly, these two are just the best because it made me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum instantly. They are just great. Given it was Kofi who got injured too, he eventually got the hot tag and he was busting out crossbodies and he was busting out SOSs for a two count. When Eric was like, no, I don't like this. I am a Viking. 
and he punched him. Kofi then came back with a Hurricane Rana though. He hit the trouble in paradise and a big old dive onto Eric, which is the sponsor of 2023 wrestling. When Woods had tagged in, he was like, well, I know what I can do. I can hit my walking elbow drop and they got the three. Just like that, I mean, they ran through the Raiders. And once again, it's kind of been more than five minutes, but I just had a good old time. This is what you want to do when people return. Give them a win so we can go, all right, they did it. Up. We also did a quick promo with them in the back too, and this was great because Jackie Redman went, oh, how do you feel? Because Kingston has been away for so long, he was like, don't know who you are. They want to rule the tag team division though, especially because the Usos just broke up, so we need to bring some positivity back into the limelight. And they said they wanted to be the tag team champions. That's very interesting because right now the champions are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I absolutely want to see that match. But ain't nobody going to get booed, which actually makes it more interesting. Let me search my brain. Yes, that's right. Do it. Very sadly, WWE then did confirm that Sonya Deville is going to be out with a while because she tore her ACL. And this just sucks, man. I mean, one, those women tag titles are absolutely cursed. But two, her team with Chelsea Green was so good. Now I guess it's got to be put on the shelf. Michael Cole told us eventually we will sort out the championships too, but that doesn't matter. That's stupid wrestling. Moreover, I hope that DeVille is doing okay. I mean, aside from the physical standpoint, mentally, this must be the worst. We just sent her all the positive thoughts in the world. Which is when we got to our main event. But before that, it was angle time. Because as the Judgment Day were making their way to the ring, Raquel Rodriguez appeared and she whooped the crap out of Rhea Ripley. The officials had to break this up and eventually Ripley was fighting back when Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae were here again. But they got mugged off. So now I can only presume when we get into the next pay-per-view premium live event, we will do Raquel versus Rhea Ripley. I tell you, I don't mind that at all. That will be Jack women slamming women slabs. Something. Once that was all started though, we did get to the Judgment Day taking on Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura. And not only was it a good match, but as we've been hinting, it had a damn good aftermath. Of course, WWE was telling their usual story of, can they coexist between Cody and Seth? And I was like, yes, they can coexist because I'm seeing them right in front of my eyes. But eventually Shinsuke was like, I can't deal with you children. And he just decided he would start. But over the other side of the ring, Finn Balor and Damien Priest were also falling out when Dominic was like, right, that's it. I'm going to go too. This was hilarious as well because Nakamura just whipped Dom Dom's ass to the point Damien Priest had to drag him out the ring to save his life. And I tell you, I love how much Mysterio understands his character. He's great. We also got a Dom's a loser chant, which made me laugh after Seth Rollins had ran wild and needed help. He was going to tag in Cody, but once again, he was being a petulant kid. He was like, oh, I don't want to tag him in. Then he realized he had no choice, and he did it. He, Cody, cut a Dom for a two count, and then Damien was getting rid of Shinsuke. But then Rollins got rid of Priest, so Balor got rid of Seth. Wrestling tennis. Priest was so mad, he then whacked Cody Rhodes with a briefcase, which summoned Sami Zayn. And he was like, man, I can't handle any of this. And everybody went crazy. When Finn had the briefcase, he was like, man, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going to hit someone. When Seth Rollins super kicked the damn thing right into his face. And I was like, Finn, that's it. You can't do this anymore. It's not working. And this did allow Rhodes to hit the crossroads and get the one, two, three. And usually I'd be like, man, I can't believe Finn Balor got pinned again. But when you look into the story, this is what we do need to do. Because that guy's going to go nuclear. Speaking of such things as well, after the good guys were like, oh, yeah, we did it. We can't believe it. And Cody and Seth had shook hands when Rollins was done being all like man I'm on the top rope looking at you fans he turned around and Shinsuke just went yep I'm done and he can him right in the face 
Then he casually walked off. He was so damn pleased with himself. Sam and Cody then checked on Seth, who was all like, I can't believe that happened. And this was so damn good for two reasons. One, who doesn't want to see Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins for a world championship. But two, he didn't do the turn during the match because he wanted to get the W. That's smart. And look, I get it. There's no way that he's going to win that title. But pff, sometimes I just want to get matches that I don't think I've seen before. That's exactly what this is. When I searched my feelings, I was like, yeah, I'm totally right giving it up. Which did indeed bring us to the end of Raw, and as you can see, I thought WWE did everything right on this show. Honestly, I have no critiques at all. We used every single character in a way that I wanted to see, giving it up. Now please do like the video, share the video, and subscribe, and you can click on the video to watch ups and downs for AW Collision. I know, crossing the streams, but wrestling is the best. When you go to whatculture.com and read about news and stuff like that, and you can follow us on social media just interact with this video youtube loves it thank you very much for joining me as always though i do appreciate it i will see you throughout the week take care of yourselves adios roundabout season two presented by nissan is live now and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way we're talking rest stops if we're stopping to get gas you will be timed misguided plans i grew up in the city so i have like you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com <laughs>